Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode number 241 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike, I'm here with Danny, and tonight we're going to be discussing a somewhat recently released film, it was actually on Christmas Day, uh, the new send-up of Sherlock Holmes, called Holmes and Watson, directed by Joel and Ethan Cohn. Danny, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mike. You know, I read on IMDb that director and writer Ethan Cohen oh. is not to be confused with Ethan Cohen. <laughs> I, That's like under his, like, the trivia about him is, please don't d- confuse don't, these two humans. Don't mess this up, yeah. Their yeah. bodies of work are fairly distinct at this point. <laughs> All right. So my bad. My bad yeah. on that no, one. No, 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 no. But yeah, that's that, That's where we're at tonight. So welcome, the, listeners. Great. And uh, this was released on Christmas. It did not do well and has the dubious distinction of having one of the lowest Rotten Tomato scores of the year. <laughs> yeah. So listeners will be forgiven if they didn't get a chance to check it out. Fair enough. Uh, this is actually a movie that Sony kind of kind of shoved right into the public's consciousness on Christmas Day uh, without any critic having been able to have seen it prior to. So I I think when a movie's coming out like that, you know what the studio thinks of it. They're just banking on everybody in the world goes to see a movie on Christmas day. So maybe we'll make a million dollars on this, this, this turd. Right. Everything. Vice is full. Right. 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 We'll we'll go see the new Will Ferrell movie real real quick before we even dive into this. We get asked this question on occasion and, um, I thought we should address it maybe for the third time in the history of our podcast. People often ask, how do you choose the movies that you end up reviewing on the podcast? And of course, we've talked about this in the past. We have a goal of getting through every single one of the Academy Award best winning films. So that's, you know, we throw one of those in every four or five movies. Uh, Usually what ends up happening is after we've cut the mic and ended our recording of a podcast... We have a brief discussion about, you know, what, what's coming out. And if there's not a lot coming out theatrically, we'll look at what's new to DVD or streaming that might be of interest. Right. Come Oscar time, it's usually a little more leaning towards the, the Oscar favorites, the Oscar contenders, the award season darlings. And then yep. I'd say one out of five movies... You just sort of surprise me with, because you're the one who publishes the content on our website. Sometimes right. you have to call an audible, right? We don't have a chance to talk, and we need to yep. get what, what our next four are out there. So you just decide what we're going to watch without us conferring whatsoever, and you put it out there. And this was one of those movies. This was. This yeah. is also... Um... I personally have some sort of compulsion where I need to see or consume any entertainment that has anything to do with Sherlock Holmes. Okay. All right. So I see all the TV shows, all the movies. I read books. I listen to podcasts. I got to see it all. I don't love it all. So there is a lot of trash. But I do but end up seeing it. you're so, in that. Yes. The moment yeah. something comes out and has something to do with Sherlock Holmes, I got to check it out. I'm going to be there. So this movie being called Holmes and Watson, it really didn't matter who was in it. And the fact that it was a Will Ferrell and John C. Riley buddy comedy, like, oh, okay, well. It can't be all be that bad, right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of it can't be all that bad and your <laughs> question about how Sony was dealing with this, I do just want to drop for listeners who are thinking about it. Apparently, this movie was filmed a while ago and and the release date was pushed a few times. Also, it was reported that Sony attempted to sell this directly to Netflix. Oh, 
and Netflix declined. <laughs> now, Netflix bought the Cloverfield Paradox right. and launched a, that with like a million-dollar commercial during the Super Bowl. Right. And this they turned their uh, their nose up at. They were so selling it for like $250,000. They're like, no. <laughs> right. No. Right. No. Right. They're just not interested. So <laughs> anyway, so that's why we chose – yeah, but yes, we – when we get into those dry patches where we're not doing a best picture, there's not much sort of on the awards circuit or that is like super excited to come out. That's where we, we will try and find unique or interesting indie films. Some of the, the, the weirder ones we've seen over the years and certainly take, um, listener suggestions. So listeners have come to our website, movieoutsiders.com. There's actually a form on the front page where you can ask us a question. You could submit a question for the five questions segment of the show, or you can recommend a movie that we check out. And uh, we do keep that list. And when we need one, we just go to the list. Yeah. 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 But Uh, I do often just call an audible and button hook you. You you button hooked me. I didn't know you were going to button hook me. Now, we (laughs) are in the thick of the award season now. So, of course, we would review Holmes and Watson. Uh, but right. last, this past weekend, we we got to see the whatever iteration of the Golden Globe Awards handed out by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Did yeah. you have a chance to watch the ceremony? I did watch the telecast. I really got a kick out of Andy Samberg. I thought that overall the comedy was pretty funny, as limited as we even saw the hosts throughout the night, which which was very little. I, I got a kick out of the writing and their delivery the awards were a bit of a head scratcher. I, I don't know when when Bohemian Rhapsody walked off with top prize. I was I I really wanted to see Nicole Kidman's envelope. Like, are you, you sure about that? Did you? Did you I read still that don't right? understand how that wasn't a musical or a comedy. Like, why was that not a musical? I don't know. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't know how they get these things slotted. Like, does the Hollywood Foreign Press get to pick? into which category they're going to subdivide the I'm film. I'm not sure. Because obviously the Academy doesn't have that distinction between genre. Right. Um, but yet. It, yet, correct. Because they might have a popular Best Picture soon. Right. So. Uh, but uh, an interesting night overall. I, I thought it was, per usual, a lot of fun. Um, Christian Bale's acceptance speech was odd. Uh, he, was, he was a little out there. Um, I didn't think anyone who accepted the award did themselves many favors. I thought the yeah. acceptance speeches were pretty rambling and odd. I thought a lot of the awards winners were surprises and not like, Oh great. I was really hoping for them and didn't expect it more like, Oh, Glenn close. Okay. She talked for a good day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. I thought uh, Sandra Oh and Andy Samberg did a fine job in the very limited time they had because the show started going over right away. Yeah. I don't understand how celebrities, when they're winning an award and they're told you have 20 seconds to say your thank yous, just get up there with five minutes worth of stuff to say <laughs> and just expect the entire country to just wait while they ramble through their thank yous and then some big soapbox moment. And, and it, it happened a couple of times. It, it did. They, they get they get a little indignant as soon as the music comes on, which is usually at the like 90 second mark. Yeah. And then... And then they eventually get to a point that's, like, too important for the orchestra to keep playing. So you kind of hear them sort of taper off and, like, right. like <laughs> walk away all flaccid. And uh, it's it's really sort of an embarrassing thing for everybody. It really is. And it's very much the ego mania of, like, what I'm saying is important here, man. And, <laughs> I, you know, I just won a major award. And all the other winners who who come on and get the reward and are gracious and just get off in time 
Like they don't have that problem, and so it's it's always a little embarrassing. And, and it's only the actors. It's right. It's never the screenwriters. Well, Peter not... Farrelly. The oh, you're Green right. Book, he you're had right. his he moment. Did. Yeah. He did. He did ramble a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, no one rambled more than Jeff Bridges. His his acceptance <laughs> speech was so out there. Off, but off I, the wall. I did love that he actually named and thanked his stand-in, who's been working with him for like forty-five years. And if you were watching the telecast, Matthew Reese and um, Carrie Russell from the Americans who are married, it the camera was on them and their look of genuine surprise and joy that he did that. Like you could tell they thought, oh, my gosh, he just did that. That's hilarious and kind of awesome. And they probably immediately felt guilty about their stand ins <laughs> that they've never even like yeah. talked to. They've yeah. never like had lunch with them even. Yeah. Right. I just said I told my wife, I said, in the history of actors accepting awards i don't think anyone's ever thanked their standing <laughs> right 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 not by name anyway and i think sure. did, that was a classy moment yeah it was yeah yeah good call well, anyway i want to get to the movie uh to talk about holmes and watson because i'm sure you have loads of great feedback and thoughts about this movie but before we do i just want to check in with you to do a crazy check on movie theater etiquette okay so i saw this movie on december 26th and even though it opened the day before when i and my brother and my father went to see this movie we were the only three people in the theater. Oh, no. <laughs> for, well, we got there early. We got a beer. We were hanging out. And we sat, like, middle of the row and the middle row up the stadium. Right? We okay, got the so whole the theater to ourselves. Center. Yeah. yeah okay. We're just enjoying it. Three minutes before showtime, eight people show up. Four of them sit immediately behind us. <laughs> immediately behind us. Like... <laughs> I am so stunned that anyone would do this. I'm like honestly in shock. I kept looking behind me like, are you kidding me? And I'm thinking, okay, well, we'll just move down a row and we'll, we'll be really obnoxious about it. Like we're, we're moving because you sat behind us. Sure. Yeah. Right. right. But then the other four people sat immediately in front of us and this wasn't a group of eight. These were rant like, but like would, that's not done, right? That's not what you would do. No, no. That it would almost be like if you were if you were going into a movie by yourself and there's one other person and they're just like sidling right up next to them, like right. like asking if they can move their coat so that you can sit in that seat. Like, <laughs> I equated it to like if you're in a bathroom and there's like twenty bathroom stalls and you're in the end stall, someone shouldn't come and just sit next to you in the next stall, right? Like they give, give 18, a buffer, give a buffer. Stall spot. buffer yeah, is right. the is the <laughs> the, 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 what you do that's anyway weird. So that was, that's okay. weird yeah yeah right, that, so that was that's my experience odd. starting with Holmes and Watson <laughs> I saw it I, myself uh, just last night and um obviously this movie's been out for a few weeks now and it was in a small theater at an AMC multiplex um and but there were about a dozen people in there which I thought was oh. I, I was sort of surprised yeah, given what I had read and expected when I got there. Right. Uh, I was not alone in the theater. So, no. yeah. All right. Well, I'll do a really quick plot recap. This comedy stars Will Ferrell as Sherlock Holmes and John C. Riley as Watson. The movie actually suggests that Holmes met Watson when they were very young at boarding school and that Holmes, as a child, after being bullied by his classmates, basically decided to never feel any feelings ever again and instead trained his mind to become the world's greatest detective and an absolute logic machine. 
We then flash forward into the future and we see that Holmes and Watson have become the storied detective team that we all know and love from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's writings and from a billion other entertainment productions. And the team arrives at the trial of Professor Moriarty in time to put him away for, for life. He's played by Rafe Fiennes, only for Holmes to say that that is not Moriarty, but in fact an imposter who's been hired by Moriarty so the real dastard can flee the country. Later, we find that the the Queen of England, Queen Victoria, has basically got a death sentence put on her by Moriarty, who challenges Watson to solve the crime and to protect the Queen. Uh, Along the way, Holmes treats Watson poorly. We learn that he's sort of taking him for granted. They solve the crime, and by the end, Watson is named a co-detective by Holmes, and their bromance continues, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the film? It was pretty bad. Um, again, it, it being the low, this this almost has the opposite effect of you know when I go into a movie with super high expectations and then can't help but be a little bit disappointed. I went into it with just absolute basement expectations, and the fact that I chuckled a few times made me think, well, I don't understand how it could have the lowest. Rotten Tomato score of the year. That I mean, there's like a hundred, hundred and fifty movies released this year, right? Like, there's got to be something worse than this, right? Though it was, it was a stinker. It was a dud. How about you? Uh, this one was bad. Yeah, and and I mentioned at the top of the show, I have a huge affinity for Sherlock Holmes. In fact, my favorite movie of all time is a comedy about Sherlock Holmes, and so. Seeing another comedy about Sherlock Holmes was something I was very excited about. My brother and my dad, we love this other movie, so we all went to this one. And yeah, it sucked. It sucked hard. It was poorly written, poorly directed, poorly edited. I did laugh out loud a number of times. I mean, I, I feel like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are are just empirically funny people. So there are some things where they're going to do it, and I, you can't help but laugh. Right. But... Not in any coherent, plot-driven way. Right, right, right. It just was like a silly gag here or there. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I, I think that there were some there were some funny sight gags. There's a, a you know, of course, this takes place in England, uh, but turn of the century England. Is that about yeah, the yeah, time? Yeah, eighteen nineties, somewhere. Yeah, um, and so they they go to a, a an old timey, old fashioned looking gymnasium. And there's a guy there giving like a spinning class on one of those giant old fashioned bikes with a yes. huge front wheel, and he's like yep. shouting through a megaphone at his, <laughs> his class. That was kind of hilarious. Uh, early in the film, uh, there's a gag with some killer bees that I thought was yep. was pretty hilarious, and I do actually really enjoy. Uh, towards the end of the film, they do a song. There's a musical number that they throw. There's soundtrack throughout, but there's a musical number that they throw in. And it's written by Alan Menken of, you know, Disney musical fame. And I thought the song was actually kind of entertaining. Um, Maybe not totally funny, maybe not pretty, but it it was a good moment in the film. I, I mean, we're kind of exhausting (laughs) <laughs> the things you liked yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I did like a lot of the, the the gags you mentioned but the the number one reason this wasn't funny and i know it's stupid for us to even try and nitpick 
the worst reviewed movie of the year, but I really feel like there's a fundamental flaw in the movie itself. The movie wanted Will Ferrell's Sherlock Holmes to be a brilliant Sherlock Holmes detective and a complete moron. And he would sort of flip back and forth or he would say something so outrageously stupid like a typical Will Ferrell character. And then the next moment he'd make a wild proclamation that ended up being right because he's a genius and he's Sherlock Holmes. Right. And so whenever it was convenient for the the story or for whenever the filmmakers felt, oh, it'd be really funny if Holmes was a complete social misfit or when if they be funny if this would happen, they just had that happen. I feel like you just can't have it both ways. And I I mentioned my favorite movie of all time. It's called Without a Clue. And it stars Michael Caine as Sherlock Holmes and Ben Kingsley as Dr. John Watson. Okay. The movie, the whole premise of that movie is that everyone thinks Sherlock Holmes is a genius. But in reality, he is a gambling, womanizing, drunk who's an actor who was hired to play the role of Sherlock Holmes and Watson is really the genius. Okay. <laughs> and so in that movie, you get it both ways, but it's all true to the character. It's the, a different Michael conceit. Yeah. Is a, is a dummy. He's a, yeah. he's a boob the whole time. He just is an actor who can kind of turn it on when he needs to. And when Watson okay. has told him what to say. And so you get these moments of, of hilarious moments of Holmes being Holmes. And then, you know, the door closes and he turns to Watson and they get in this argument because he said the wrong thing (laughs) or he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's an egomaniac and he's a thief and he's just, everything about him is kind of loathsome, but it's hilarious. And I have watched that movie like no hyperbole a hundred times in my life. Okay. I, I, wow. I I wore out a VHS copy. I wore out my DVD copy. Wow. I just bought it on digital. I freaking love this movie. But that gets it right. You either have Holmes as a genius or you have Holmes as a dummy. You can't have it both ways. And so what this movie for me became is, okay, this is no longer really any sort of a Sherlock Holmes film or a Sherlock Holmes comedy. It's just a silly setup for sight gags and dumb jokes mm-hmm. set inexplicably to a hip hop score. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, so, the hip hop score was so distracting and, and ridiculous. I, I mean, what in, in what world, in what universe did they end up selecting those songs as backing tracks yeah. for transition scenes? That was stupid. It, and so like, as you said, John C. Riley and, and Will Ferrell are, are em- empirically just funny human beings. But are they getting too old for this sophomoric humor and like <laughs> jokes? Like there were some funny sight gags in here, but I think like some of the the sex stuff was pretty dumb. Like it it just doesn't look good on the two of them. I, I think that they're they're above that, and this was I mean this is like getting into a Farrelly Brothers movie kind of territory and they wouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, like this is, I think that that was really distracting and, and disappointing. You bring up a good point because it's sort of like Adam Sandler, you know, when he was younger and fresh out of SNL, his humor was so dumb and so sophomoric and so lewd and crude, but it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But if he did those same jokes today, a lot of them, it would feel like a creepy dad making yeah. these jokes yeah. and you'd, it would be like, I kind of can't look at him because he's some creepy dad talking about, you know, 
blowjobs or whatever it is. And it's like, uh, that's just too creepy. It's funny I, when I you're a 29 year old burnout and it's just not when you, plus I don't even feel like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley did that kind of humor before anyway. Like, like they didn't they're, have to go that cheap. They went dumb, but not cheap. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I could, maybe you can explain this to me. There are several points throughout this film where the, the screenwriter is trying to make a funny gag about the fact that they're doing something in the 1890s that is common today. Like there's a selfie scene where they're taking a picture with the queen with one of those giant freaking cameras that they're trying to like hold out on the easel to, or the tripod to get a picture of themselves. And then they're, they're sending a drunk telegram, like a sex, right? Intoxigram. Intoxigram. And, and when they're at the boxing ring at the gym, they're they're talking about how everybody needs to pay to watch the match. It's going to be a paid match, like a pay per view. I didn't get that. Like I got the joke. It wasn't right. funny. What? Why did they keep doing that? What was the point of trying to introduce? Yeah. You know, like today's technology in 1890 in an old fashioned way. It they did it like at least those three times, and yeah. I might have been missing some. So I would say that it was just a really bad choice and that the that the director and screenwriter thought this is so hilarious, probably in some sort of, you know, drug infused haze that the, people are just going to die laughing. And while you're annoyed by that joke, the first thing you mentioned that you thought was funny was the soul cycle gag with the soul cycle class on the old timey bikes. So like, that one was fun. You admit that sometimes <laughs> that, it was sometimes funny, it landed. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes right. it wasn't. So, but I'm with you and I was annoyed by all the ones you mentioned. And in fact, there are so many scenes that I just found painful. The, the killing queen Victoria accidentally during the selfie scene was really bad. It was like weekend at Bernie's. They're dragging her, her body around. I didn't find it funny at all until, until minutes through the painful scene, they decide they have to cut her into to- flushable sized chunks. <laughs> and something about the way they decide, like, how big do we cut is like flushable size or like, you know, the toilet size. They're going to dismember the queen yeah. to like poop sized pieces. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. There's also a character in this movie. We didn't touch on it. Um, there's a, a forensic pathologist from the u.s who's brought in also to provide the american perspective who's also a woman and there are a number of gags about how can she be a doctor because she's a woman and again we're supposed to find that funny which i didn't but she has a sidekick who like thinks she's a cat (laughs) and every one of her every time that person was on screen i thought this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen and not in a funny stupid way just in a who thought this was funny at all like it was so it fell flat a hundred percent and a hundred percent of the time. I I agree with you. She she was a cipher. I also think that the other thing that fell flat that they kept going back to the well on this one with the American is you know Trump jokes. There you know there there was a whole montage or a whole sequence about you know the kind of president we elect and everybody likes the president in America. And he has a make England great again hat. And there's a gag about, you know, it, everybody gets a fair trial in America by a jury of white landowning males. Like, these were eye-rolling lines. Yeah. Because this is so played. Saturday Night Live gets this better every single week. We yeah. did not need 
this garbage screenwriter to try and and insert the, this political wink wink you know i i, right. I got you here no, I I hundred percent agree, and I agree that Saturday Night Live does it better. The scene in the park that you're referencing, where they really like beat that joke to death, was so bad. I actually wrote it felt like like a high school drama club type of send up. Like we're gonna be really topical and yeah. a bunch of high schoolers who, who really don't even <laughs> understand the political situation trying That's to make a, jokes. It just was awful. It's a great way to describe it. I mean, I honestly was squirming in my seat a little bit under the awkwardness of that joke playing out and, and it didn't play out. And I'm not a Trump supporter. I mean, I'm the kind of person who would appreciate a good jab at the president. They just didn't get it. Yeah. So what's up with as bad as this movie was, as poorly conceived as the plot was, what's up with how hilarious it was to watch Will Ferrell and John C. Riley eat onions like an apple and like their disgusting eye contact as they just gnaw on these onions and then at one point will ferrell says you gotta let the juices slither down your throat it it was it is gross to watch later in the movie they come back to it and i thought for some reason that should be a meme like a, a i could watch a 30 second clip of will ferrell just munching on an onion, just crying and talking about the juices. John, I can watch that over and over and over. John and I would C. Laugh Riley's every time. facial uh, expression throughout that scene was priceless. Like yes. his his trying to choke down that <laughs> onion. Well, Holmes seems to kind of be enjoying it a little yes. bit. Was great. Yes. What's up with Ray Fines as Moriarty? He I was mean, barely this guy, there. He was, he was in the barely, movie for a minute. He's in like two scenes, but. Damn if Ray Fiennes doesn't commit to both. First of all, he he just oozes evil as Moriarty. I mean, this is the guy who played Voldemort and was in Schindler's List as the evil Nazi. Right. Well, I guess they were all evil Nazis, but the worst one that we saw. <laughs> Not Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. He was right, kind of right, like right. a cute Nazi. He was like yeah. a lovable Nazi, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but so Ray Fiennes, he just sort of, this menace, just this aura of evil just floats off him and then at one point we learn of course that Holmes was right and he was an imposter and he changes I, I mean the, the next flash he's he's still in the same costume but his accent changes and his mannerisms change yeah. so drastically yeah. it was like an, a master acting class yeah he, he was decent yeah he was yeah. awesome he was great. What's up with, uh, unfortunately, Billy Zane being in this movie? <laughs> For some reason, the movie also decided to pull in the Titanic to try and squeak a few Titanic jokes. But they're, they're, it's not enough to just make bad Titanic jokes. They actually have to say, hey, there's Billy Zane. And there's Billy Zane getting on the Titanic. It was... The, 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 only, the only good part about that scene was... Was the joke about how, like, anytime you think of your loved ones on the Titanic, know that Dr. Watson put him there because yeah, he, yeah. he'd saved the detonation of the bomb. That, that was pretty funny. What's up with Billy Zane being available for that? Oh, shocking. That that's... Yeah. He's well, accepted that his the pinnacle of his career was in 1997 in Titanic. In a he supporting was like the, role. Supporting role, right, <laughs> that nobody enjoyed. He was awful in it. Yeah. And yet... 
his meal ticket is this one movie 21 <laughs> years later where they just sort of point at him and make fun of the fact that, hey, that guy was in a movie about the Titanic. Yikes. Yuck. Yikes. Yuck. Yeah, I got a million more what's up with, but they're mostly about Millie the Cat Lady or uh, why Mycroft Holmes um, looked so terrible. He looked like a ghoul. Anyway, it's really nitpicking. The movie is not good. If you want to see a hilarious comedy about Sherlock Holmes, do yourself a favor. Watch Without a Clue. It's available on iTunes. All right. Good, good, uh... Good wrap up there. Do you want to do five questions on Holmes and Watson, though? Have we got we Holmes and close Watson it out? questions? We do. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah let's do this. Uh, five listeners submitted questions. Thank you, listeners. Question number one. Why doesn't Will Ferrell make comedies anymore? Good question. Fair question. It's the right question to be asking. All right. No answer. No good answer. We, well, we have the to answer is his dramas are so horrible, but... Never mind, that's not the answer, because that's why he should be making comedies, not right, why right, doesn't right, he. Right, right, yeah, yeah, right, good question. question. I don't All have right. an answer. Uh, question number two. Oh, I, we know the answer to this, because I think you've already addressed it. Have you ever read any of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's novels? I'm guessing you've read them all. I've read them all, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, question number three. We're getting, we're getting lawyered on this particular one uh, here. You planned on seeing 2014's Let's Be Cops and 2015's Vacation, but changed your minds after seeing early reviews. Correct. Yeah, correct. They checked the reviews here. So, uh, critic score, uh, critic score, uh, for Let's Be Cops was 19%. Um, uh, for, uh, This is really lawyered. Okay. Yeah, we, we are getting lawyered here. Uh, audience score was 51%. Metacritic was 30 for vacation, critic score is twenty six percent. Audience is forty five percent. Metacritic was thirty four. Holmes, critic score eight percent. Audience twenty eight percent. Metacritic twenty four. That is significantly lower in all three of those benchmarks. Yep. Why did you follow through on this movie, given that it scored significantly worse? Because it's about Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, and to a lesser degree, it starred Will Ferrell, who's a bigger star than anybody in either of the other movies question number four what movies if any have you walked out of oh that's a good question i walked out of little nicky is that adam sandler adam sandler yep in fact i snuck into that movie so i didn't even pay for it and i still walked out of it (laughs) i also walked out of billy lynn's Long halftime walk or whatever oh, came out like a year ago. One from a, yeah, uh, yeah, I couldn't. Not it good. was so stupid. I was like, oh. "This is just terrible." Um, I think that might be it for movies that I've walked out of the theater. How about you? Okay, I don't think that I've ever walked out of a film. I I think that the closest I came was like five years ago. Do you remember? Do you remember the movie Precious that starred Monique? Yeah. yeah. That was so depressing. So sad. I, yeah. I could not handle it. it. It wasn't that it wasn't well done. I just couldn't take it any longer and got close. And I decided, like, if this happens at this point, I'm out. And then that didn't happen. And so I stayed and finished it. But God, that was rough. Final question. Oh, boy. <laughs> How bad must your movie be? For John Ramsey to say seeing it opening day was his worst Christmas ever. Oh, come on now. That's really rough, listeners. That's, 
I, I can't answer that question. All right. That's five questions. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners, especially to the listener who lawyered us and went back and yeah. <laughs> called us out on cancels. It's probably the makers of Let's Be Cops. They were really hoping for a right. big promotional right. push on our podcast Correct. and are yes. still nursing that wound since it underperformed. Well, what do we got coming up next? Oh, well, coming up next, we've got the new movie Glass from M. Night Shyamalan starring Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.